I'm back with my main man, fellow Outkick handicapper, David Troy, a.k.a. at Future Press 2024 on Twitter. And he also does great work with BeatingTheBookie.com. He specializes in NBA, which is going to be a huge help in this podcast because we're breaking down the NBA Western Conference here. Uh, Tip-off in the NBA season is this upcoming week. We're, record, we're recording excuse me, Thursday, October 13th, so... Um, this is the first of the NBA podcast. There's going to be a lot of NBA podcasts this season. I'm actually more of an NBA guy than an NFL guy, so I'm excited to bring on a fellow NBA handicapper. Um, again, you guys heard him a couple weeks ago breaking down, I think, the NFL Week 4 slate. But what up, David? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me again. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't mean to speak for you, but the NBA is more of my bread and butter, and I feel like you kind of – uh, are, uh, it's pretty similar for you as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, NBA is the one I followed probably the longest in my life. Um, and even betting wise, it's probably the one I've bet on the most. Um, you know, football is obviously king when it comes to sports betting, but there's nothing, uh, nothing better to me than the NBA to watch. And I know most people won't agree with that, but I love basketball and, you know, I grew up in Chicago so my childhood was formed by Michael Jordan. So that it's really hard for anybody to tell me that the NBA isn't like, you know, the sport to watch because it just, it means more to me than almost any of the other ones. Yeah. I almost blow people's mind when I tell them this, but I, I watch like probably three or four a night, three or four NBA yeah. games a night. Like yeah. I, I watch a ton of NBA. I'm a pretty high volume NBA better. Um, I'll try to get in two, maybe three bets a night, depending on like, momentum and inertia you know if i'm getting smacked mm-hmm. around a little bit i'll try to dial it back just kind of like almost any handicapper would um, yeah well i guess some of them will kind of fire out of a hole but i typically scale it back but i'm always watching a ton of the nba so um and are you are you still a chicago bulls fan or did you kind of get rid of that once you became more involved in the nba handicapping I mean, I'm still a Bulls fan. They're the team I root for, but I'm I'm also pretty objective about it. I recognize where they're weak at times, and you know, even last year, like I knew they were going to be really good. One of my my max plays I had on a future was them making the playoffs, and I think I originally got it at like 135 or something. It moved up to like 180 by the time the season started, but that was one of the ones that I was like, with the additions on their team, the way they're built everything is going to click like the right way for them to at least get one of the top six spots. And they ended up in the sixth spot after dropping quite a bit, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, this year I'm not as high on them. I think they'll probably be okay. But uh, this is obviously a Western conference one, but their one total is it. I was going to say, talk about it a little bit because yeah, yeah, we are going to shift mostly to the West coast, uh, the Western conference or solely to the Western conference here in a second, but you are, an NBA guy and from Chicago. So I'm very interested because that's a, they're one of the teams that I look at, at taking a step back and possibly mm-hmm. missing the playoffs this year. And I do think like the, um, I'm high in the Detroit Pistons taking a flyer on them, which I'll talk about again tomorrow. But like, they're also a chance where they could be pretty good, right? Like I really like Zach Levine and the DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. Zach Levine last fit last year was absolutely perfect. Like it worked yep. out really well for them, but the injury to Alonzo Ball is concerning. Uh, I just, I also, that being said, I really like that kid AO 
Tasuma, kid from yeah, Tasuma. Yep, I might Illinois. be pronouncing it wrong. Kid from Illinois, he he can ball. I like that kid's game. So, what are your thoughts yep. about Chicago entering the season? Yeah, so I actually was looking at this again today because I had originally wrote down. I was like, man, the Bulls are going to win. I was like, forty-one and a half. They won. What did they win last year? Forty-six. It's like, eh. so I wrote this down and I'm going through game by game. I literally got to 80, 82 games. I went through and they were forty-one and forty-one on my record. I was like, so I I, I can't touch it because is, is it the the total is the regular season win total is forty-one and a half. You said forty-one and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm not going to play the under on it because I think it's too close and I'm not, I'm not going to take the over on it either because my numbers don't indicate it. But um, I do think that one of the Raptors, the Hawks or the Bulls will not make the playoffs. And if I had to pick one right now, I probably would say the Hawks and I could get into that for a million, million reasons, but um, I'm a Trey Young hater. I admit that. I recognize how good he is, but I just, for whatever reason, I don't like him. Um, I might have to bring you back on tomorrow because I absolutely <laughs> agree. Like, I f- just, like, philosophically and fundamentally hate his game. I do. I, yeah. I He's a, he's a ball-stopping, like, uh, high-usage guard who cannot play defense and does yeah. not play off the ball. Like, I, right. to me, I, like, as crazy as it sounds, like, he would be off my, like, draft board to build a team around like i wouldn't even like consider him as like a starting point guard to me i he's more of like a six yeah. man yeah i actually wrote something about this too and i, I said uh having Dejounte murray be basically their shooting guard i think is a mistake too because they still want trey young to handle the ball and i know he needs the ball in his hands but murray's game is built around facilitating and, and getting those like kind of triple double statistics right yep. it's not it's not about being off ball and trying to run off screens and get shots up and stuff. So I'm a little concerned about how that fit is going to work, but I mean, I, I was, I wasn't wrong about the Hawks last year. I was definitely wrong about them two years ago when they made the Eastern conference finals, but I don't know. I, I mean, that was is, as fluky as it was for the Knicks to make it to the playoffs. It was fluky for the Hawks to make it to the conference championship. Yeah. Right? Like, they beat a fluky Knicks. And then they sure. beat the 76ers, who clearly had issues. Clearly yeah. had issues, right? And yeah. they, they lost to so the Milwaukee Bucks. With, and middle, or, uh, Giannis missed at least one of those games. So, Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird series, too. But to make a, a pivot back into the Western Conference, and we'll just start yep. with, like, the most popular team in basketball, who also has issues with um, players not being able to play off the ball or not being able to adjust their game. We'll co- talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. I saw you tweet about Russell Westbrook and the video of him and uh, not being a part of the Laker huddle. That whole thing bums me out. I'm actually uh, a Russell Westbrook fan, and I feel mm-hmm. like he's more of a – as crazy as it sounds because he makes like $50 million. He's more of like a victim in the situation than a perp. You know, yeah. like he – effectively was hired by LeBron James, right? Everyone knows LeBron James as, you know, the de facto GM of the Los Angeles Lakers. So there's no way Russell Westbrook got there without without LeBron James' approval. Mm-hmm. But it was never a good fit on paper. And, and then when we all saw it, it actually fit worse than I think, like, most of our worst expectations, at least mine. So... 
Um, I'm actually looking at the Los Angeles Lakers alt win total, which is under 42 and a half. This is according to DraftKings Sportsbook, one of the sponsors of this podcast. Actually, all my odds that I pulled um, were for, from DraftKings Sportsbook. But I would play their under alt 42 and a half plus 160. It's more of a lean right now. But I guess what are your thoughts of the Los Angeles Lakers entering the season? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know that I'd go with the alt total but their their win total right now is 45 and a half and i would never play it over um to be honest with you i don't even think the lakers will make the playoffs again um i think they're a lock almost for the the um play-in tournament but i from what i've seen on their team and this isn't just about westbrook not going in the huddle yesterday or whatever it was but um if you look at their bench, it has got to be the worst bench in the entire NBA. There's like no one on that bench that I think would be a normal rotation player in almost any other team. Now you have AD, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James, and Dennis Schroeder, right? Schroeder's there right now. Yeah. Those are like your five guys. And they're going to be able to win some games by themselves because they're all talented enough. Beverly's a, you know, an annoying defender. AD at his best is really good, and LeBron is still LeBron. But you have a Westbrook who most teammates of his in the past have always said, like, he's a good teammate, he's a good guy, they love having him around. They all love him. Right. But now, like, he's even complained about how much, like, he's been basically a scapegoat for how bad their season went last year. And, yeah, he shouldn't be shooting at all, like, almost ever because he's also at his best when he's driving and everything. But LeBron probably is at his best when he's being a point forward. So as you said, the fit was never there, and they kind of tried to force it. So I'm I'm not high on the Lakers this year. I don't think that they're going to, like, shock the world or something. I You know, if you're going to put money on them to win the championship, you're only doing that because you think they're going to be able to trade Westbrook and get some good pieces for him. Yeah, Um you know, it, what is the, the Spider-Man saying? With with great power comes great responsibility. So I kind of look at and put LeBron James, hold LeBron James at fault for that whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. again, he's their de facto GM. He effectively recruited or brought Russell Westbrook over. So the way I look at it is Le- the onus is on LeBron James to change his game to fit Russell, well- Russell Westbrook into his system because, A, he effectively traded for him, and, B, LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players ever, more so than than Russell Westbrook. And if anyone could change the way they play in that team, it would be Russell. It would be LeBron James, not Russell Westbrook. I mean, what do yeah. you want Russell Westbrook to do? The guy. I mean, you kind of know what you're getting, right? He's a Jordan-sponsored athlete. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars playing the way he's played. You want him to switch it up in the like in the twilight of his career? It's a ridiculous yeah. ask, and. To be fair, like it would have been a ridiculous, ridiculous ask to assume LeBron could do the same thing. But again, LeBron, I feel like effectively recruited him. So it's like yeah. if you're going to do that, then then you need to figure out how to play off the ball or figure out how to work him into your system. Um, and yep. kind of going back to your other point, just about the lack of depth. Two of their positions on their two positions on the Lakers starting five are occupied by non-starters, in my opinion which would be either Kendrick Nunn 
or Pat Bev. I think one of them are going to be playing shooting guard, at least according to establish the run.com, which is obviously, <laughs> which is obviously a football website, but I, I actually thought their projected depth charts are really, really impressive. Yeah. Um, either way, if it's, if it's Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook to me, aren't a fit in the backcourt. And Dennis Schroeder is a very ideal six man. Like I, mm-hmm. like out of everyone's roles, like I'm pretty confident with him being a six man. Like that's cool. Like whatever, you know, but like, I don't even know who their center is. Like Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant. I know who those people are. Neither one of them should be a starter. You, you can make an argument. Neither one of them are a rotation player on a playoff right. team. And I don't think either one of them ever have been. Right. right. So like, effectively we're we have to fade Anthony Davis injuries. I mean, how many seasons has he been injured? You got LeBron James at age I don't even know what. I mean, I'm thirty six. Was he two years old? Thirty eight, right? I mean, he's got tons of mileage. And Russell Westbrook, who's who's grumpy and everyone, like you said, is holding out hope that they could trade Russell Westbrook. I don't think they're getting good stuff back. Right, like there's there's conversation about them maybe somehow flipping Russell Westbrook for Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier. I, that would be terrible by Charlotte if they did something like that, right? Yeah, well, what, and wouldn't like, surprise me, I guess. Yeah, but like the, the idea behind trading Russell Westbrook or getting your talent for him is that you're gonna tank. That guy isn't tanking. Like he's gonna yeah. go out and play his ass off. You know, yeah. so I, I, I just I'm down on the Lakers and to go back to the whole alternate spread thing, my personal like philosophy on futures is I really don't like to pay any VIG on them. You know what I mean? Like I like to get plus money payouts. So sure. that's that's kind of what I'm angling for here. And truth be told, this is why I'm kind of leaning on you in this podcast. Most of my plays and all of the minus uh, or the, the the plays that I have to I have to pay a vig for actually in the Eastern Conference. Like I like a couple, like I like over Pascal Siakam twenty two point three points, and I like under oh. Den, Donovan Mitchell twenty four or twenty five and a half points, and those are each minus one fifteen. But like season long team futures, I'm more of like into the game to game handicaps. You know what I mean? That's where I like to put my gambling my bankroll right. So I took a couple like big money uh, plus money payouts. One of which, um, kind of pivoting here, I, I bet the Los Angeles Clippers to win the, the NBA championship, and at Circa uh, Sports in Las Vegas, I got them at plus seven fifty. Um, right now on DraftKings, they're plus five fifty. It sucks to pass post like this. I got the best number. I wouldn't play it at plus five fifty because right now they're the actual favorites to win the finals, which is. I agree with that, right? But I got them when they were like third or fourth, right? So it's yeah. like the value's gone, in my opinion. It's kind of it's kind of my 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 takeaway. But what are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers coming into the season? Or yeah, yeah, I'll just leave it. Yeah, with that we, question. Uh, I mean, we talked about the Lakers having the least amount of depth. The Clippers probably have the most. Um, mm-hmm. They're the the trade they made last year with Portland, where they got uh, Powell and. I can't remember who else the other guy was. Covington. Got, uh, Covington. Yeah, mm-hmm. Covington. I, Two wings I, they did not need. <laughs> right. But it, the, the way that they have built their team, you know, you get Kawhi back, which could be a little bit of a question mark. You get Paul George back, which could be a little bit of a question mark. 
George came back though last year and played really well. He obviously was not in for the um, the game against uh, the Pelicans, and that was part of the reason they ended up not making the playoffs officially. Um, but the the Clippers, on paper, do seem like they have the championship pedigree. Uh, everybody talks about Ty Lue like he's a championship coach. So there's not really like a weak spot if everything goes right. Now for me, I'm not putting anything on any of the futures for them. And the reason that I won't do it personally is uh, because of the the Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard injury sagas that we've had. And uh, especially with win totals, I, you know, are you going to give Kawhi every single game this year? There's not a chance. So when are we going to see him sit? And the, the only word of advice I'd give to anybody out there who's like trying to look for any kind of tips on like the day-to-day handicapping is specifically with the Clippers. You need to be very careful when you're betting on them this year or against them, because there are going to be a lot of times that we're going to get like very short notice that says Kawhi is sitting out. There are going to be times that, you know, they're, they just announce it a day or two before, but those last scratches that, really annoy a lot of NBA handicappers, I think are going to be very largely in play with the Clippers this year. Yeah. You can't bet the Clippers in the second of a back-to-back until like you see Kawhi Leonard standing on the court, like waiting for the tip off. You know what I mean? But I will say if you get the news early enough, because the other thing with the Clippers and I'm high on is the depth, like you said. Yeah. So like if the market, over adjust for a Kawhi Leonard off night, like I'm still going to hit the Clippers. Cause frankly, it's like the way I look at it is like, hell that might get Luke Kennard more minutes. And this dude could just go off from three. So, well, yeah. And that, that's a great point because, all right. So I'm going to read you what is listed on ESPN as the second depth or the, on the depth chart. It's John Wall, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Nicholas Batum, and Robert Covington. That's their second unit. That is probably better than some of the first units on some of these rosters. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the Spurs, the Pacers. I'd probably rather have this than than the Pacers. Not for a future, but like for right now, I would probably take them over that. You know, there, there's a lot of teams out there that would start a lot of those guys I just named, and all five of them are on the bench for the Clippers. I mean, right. Powell. I think Powell and Covington started in Portland, and now they're coming off as replacement players. So Leonard is definitely going to get his rest. Paul George probably get his rest. I, I can't touch them in terms of futures. Yeah. Right now the uh, Los Angeles Clippers regular season win total is 52 and a half. The over heavily juiced to minus 120. I'm not betting their future, their win total for the exact reason they already gave out. Right. It's like, you don't know how much Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to play in the regular season. And they are very, they very obviously don't care. The Clippers organization right. doesn't care, right? Like, it is just get these guys in 100% uh, healthy towards the playoffs. Like, that's their only yeah. that's their only concern. And to miss the play-in. Like, they don't want to play in the play-in, right? Right, so, right of course. Right, so, like, I actually think that I, like the Clippers' floor or ceiling and floor are both, like, really high and really low. I, I don't think the, the floor is below the 60, but I could see them, like – getting the six seed and just being like, Hey, 
we don't care. We'll play on the road. Yeah, or, uh, yeah we'll be there. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. even matter to us. You know, like yeah. we don't have that good of a home court advantage either way. Well, right. actually, that's not fair. I used to work for the Los Angeles Clippers. They actually do have a pretty good home court advantage. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to stay away from their from from their regular season win total. Uh, a look that I was interested in that I'm, I'm probably not going to take, though, was Ty Lue, coach of the year. Just because if they do get in that one or two seed, I do yep. think like there's going to be they're going to be looking to give someone praise and, and like Kawhi Leonard as MVP plus twenty five hundred is a look that I don't hate, but he also could fall short of games and uh, or like if he only plays like sixty sixty five games, like he could be edged out by like a Giannis or Jokic who play close to eighty two games, right? But like Ty Lue obviously is going to be there every game, right? And if Kawhi and Paul George miss time, they're still a top two seed with as good as the West is. I could see them, um, you know, giving Ty Lue his love because I actually do think he is one of the, the better coaches in the league, and I don't think he's ever won that award. So I'm not going to play that as well. Just something that I want to talk about. Uh, but keeping it in the same division, unless you had any other Clipper thoughts. All right. I was going to just say I agree with you. I mean, Lou, Lou as uh, Coach of the Year is uh, one of the more intriguing ones. I'm not seeing anything posted right now, so I couldn't tell you what the actual number is. I saw it and picked up a half unit on it um, when it was at plus 1,300 a while back, but I don't think that's where it is anymore. So uh, Let me look. I thought it was actually. Um, the award is for Coach of the Year, Ty Lou is – Plus thirteen hundred on DraftKings. Okay, so yeah, it's not showing up for me. But okay, I actually have another look that is going to be one of the plays that I, I am going to make here uh, in the Western Conference for Coach of the Year. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Moving along, let's just talk about the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. I, I actually, uh, I like Draymond Green for plus fifteen hundred to win Defensive Player of the Year because this dude fucking has to. Like, dude, like you're in a contract here. You just, you just knocked out um, uh, one of the, the the future pieces of the of the Warriors. You would think like he's probably probably should feel bad, does feel bad, and needs to kind of like I don't know mend the the broken or, or mend the relationship by playing his ass off on the court, right? It's, it's yep. kind of like the Kobe rape case theory. It's like this dude's going to go and ball out so everyone forgets it. It's kind of how I yep. feel about Draymond Green. And, like, him, like the other guy who I kind of like for defensive player of the year who'd be Herb Jones, like, he knows his role. Like, there's no secret. Like, dude, you're playing defense. You're setting screens. Yeah. You're going to be our tough guy. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, like, I don't know any markets to get down the words. I think they're going to be sick. Like, I almost looked at Steph Curry for MVP because – I think, like, playoff Steph Curry this past playoffs was actually his best version. Like, I think I think we are seeing prime time Steph Curry. But what are your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, I like them. Um, I think you know they they had a couple of key losses. They lost Porter and Gary Payton Jr. and uh, Kaminga. I think no, they kept Kaminga. But oh, Kaminga stayed. Okay, yeah. they lost Porter and Gary Payton with the idea that Kaminga and Wiseman would take a, a step forward yes. and become more of a role. So if that fails, then they, they might struggle a little bit or uh, go under their win total. Yeah. Um, but with, they, which I, is 51 and a half. Sorry, 51 and a half is no, their win total. You're, you're, yeah, you're good. Um, 
They picked up Dante DiVincenzo. I like that addition. I think yeah. he's going to be a pretty solid player for them. Uh, he fits what they look to do. But, I mean, the Warriors kind of are in that same situation that you were just talking about with the Clippers. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, if they get the third seed, the first seed, or the sixth, like, they're going to try and avoid the play-in tournament for sure. Um, they're not suspending Green because I think they recognize just how important he is to their team. Uh, there were two players last year that made their team noticeably better, or excuse me, noticeably worse, specifically on defense when they were out. And it was Rudy Gobert on the Jazz, and it was uh, Draymond Green with the Warriors. When Green went out with an injury, the Warriors, like, I, I don't know what they went off in that stretch at the top of my head, but I can tell you last year when he was out, they played significantly worse. And um, looked more like that non-playoff team that they were a couple of years ago than they did, you know, the championship team that they had last year. He's he's more important to that team than people realize. And um, I would only look at their over if uh, if it was me. But you know, I I can't tell you you have to get something down on them for over or under. So, from a defensive perspective, the um, the Golden State Warriors gave up five and a half points more per hundred possessions when Draymond Green was off the floor. This is according yep. to CleaningTheGlass.com, which removes garbage time for them for their stat tracking. So that kind of um, kind of breathes some li- life into what you're saying here, or supports what you're saying. And remember when Steph Steph Curry and Draymond Green suffered uh injuries in the second half like the golden state warriors really limped down the stretch and into the playoffs and kind of were flying under the radar come the playoffs because of how poorly they played in the second half of the season so to your point it's like yeah they don't i think that's kind of like a cause of how little they care about the regular season also like how like much they solidified their playoff standing right they got off to such a hot start they were never in risk of being in the play-in so mm-hmm. um the uh team that won the division last year though the phoenix suns everyone's pretty cold on uh what are your thoughts about that team though yeah i mean this is this is one of those teams that i think people are probably taking too far of a step back on uh i have some concerns about jay crowder not coming in um or requesting that trade I don't know what they're going to do. He's not even listed on their depth chart. Uh, he hasn't been playing with them, but he's still on the team. Um, they have Cam. Yeah, Cam Smith. Johnson. Cam Johnson, that's one. Mm-hmm. I, they got so many cams in this league. Yeah. Uh, Cam Johnson stepping into the role, and he's probably a better offensive player, but defensively, it's going to take a step back. But you still got Mikhail Bridges, who's really good, especially defensively. He, he, was I think a top three consideration last year for defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and look, you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker who are probably going to be pretty pissed off about how embarrassed they were last year in the, in that game seven. Right. I mean, it was an embarrassment and that's not going to be motivation for an entire year, but to start the season might be. And I think I read something today that said they have like the eighth easiest schedule of, in all the NBA because of rest advantages or something like that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So to me, like, I think the eight and stuff is a little overblown. 
Uh, I don't think the guy's going to just go out there and not play at all. Like I, I think he's going to be a pretty decent asset. I think Monty Williams is a good coach and will do enough to try and make it up to him in terms of like trying to get him involved and, and make him realize he's a key piece of the team and all that stuff. But in reality, even last year, like I didn't feel like Aiden played all that much. Like they, they rotated in uh, JaVale McGee and they had Kaminsky in there for a while. And I know Aiden was injured for some of it, but some of those guys like made a pretty good contribution when he was off the court. So like, you know, Aiden can either really do a good job. They can get rid of him too, if they need to, but there's enough pieces there that I, I think the, the amount of caution that people are throwing at the suns basically saying like, Oh, they're They're not going to be any good is, is a little too much. I mean, so to me, I, I like the suns still. I just, uh, I wouldn't necessarily bet them to like win the division or be first in the conference or something. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're regular season win total, regular, regular season win total, if that makes sense is 52 and a half, but the over is plus one Oh five. So you can get mm-hmm. a plus money payout. Just by betting their their normal regular season win total, which is fifty two and a half last year, they went sixty four and eighteen. So, are they twelve wins worse this year? I don't see how you can make that argument. To be honest, like I just yeah. I don't get there on it. Like I understand, like I mean DeAndre and they they resigned him and he's an awesome yeah. player. So yeah. I mean, how mad could he be? Like yeah, there's some friction with the coach. If worse comes to worse, they'll probably fire the coach because that's how it works in the NBA, right? You know, yeah. but like I think like Chris Paul, like makes that situation more tolerable for everyone involved. He's a coach on the floor. He actually can get the ball to DeAndre and to make him happy, right? I mean, Devin Booker is still an awesome shooting guard, a damn near All NBA player, um, uh, All Star player, and I just don't see them twelve wins worse year over year, even though a lot of the teams in the Western Conference did get better. I do think they do fall back to the pack a little bit, but I just don't see it being as uh, as as dramatic as like these regular season win totals would suggest. Um, moving along here, though, unless you have any other Phoenix Suns thoughts. Nope. Um, do I want to talk about anyone else in the Pacific? No, do you? I don't really want to talk about the. Do you have a play on the Sacramento Kings, actually? So I I do think that if you're going to play the Kings at all, the only logical thing to do is play for them to play in the play-in tournament. Um, yeah, I know we're probably going to talk about that later, but that would be about the only thing. I would I would say this: this is probably the best Kings roster since like Bibby was there and Chris Webber and all of them, Peja Stojakovic. This is probably their best roster since since those days um you got sabonis and you have um fox you got a couple good younger guys on the team so it's possible that they'll be better than you expect but i'm not inclined very often to bet on the sacramento kings to do anything right so (laughs) yeah it's it's one of those ones where it's like you can throw your money at it, but uh, how much do you want to risk on that? Yeah, they're low-key cursed as well. Their right. win total is 33.5. The under is actually plus 100. If I were to go either which way, I don't have an unlimited NBA bankroll, and like I said, I like to save it for the regular season. I would go under 
because I, I actually think DeMontis Sabonis is overrated, and I do oh. not like De'Aaron Fox as well. Um, but I don't have an official play, so we can move on. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about the Northwest Division next. Um, one one piece on that real quick on the Kings. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that they had a sub-500 record after the trade as well. Right. So. And it's like if Sabonis is good as I think a lot of people, especially casual NBA betters or fans think he is, like the Indiana Pacers wouldn't have a shit the bed that badly last year. Like right. I think he's a, a like he's a really good role player, right? But if yep. he's like one of your best two players, I'm not very excited about your team, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. Um but we'll move on to the Northwest division. The favorites to win this division, hold on, let me pull it up, are the, the Denver Nuggets, the Nuggets, minus 140, Timberwolves, plus 140, Trailblazers, plus 800, Jazz, plus 20,000, Oklahoma <laughs> City, plus 25,000. I guess we'll start at the bottom. Are you taking a flyer on the Jazz or the Thunder? Or are you just, my personal opinion is they are pretty obviously tanking. They don't want to win. So I'm not going to bet them to win. Yeah, I I would have said that uh, the Thunder probably would have tried to at least be competitive because they had some really nice stretches last year where they were pretty competitive. Yeah. Um, and they put out a fucking G League roster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a really good stat filler. I don't know that he's necessarily a great player or something. If you put him on like a contending team, I, I don't know exactly how well he would do, but um, you have him and then you have Josh Giddy, who is talented, but their big, you know, number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren, done. So I think as soon as he went down, they were like, well, this season's over. We're not even going to bother trying. Let's just go for Victor next year. So, yeah. I, I, I don't watch a lot of preseason of any sport, but I did watch some Oklahoma City Thunder preseason last night. Josh Giddy's shot looks good. Yeah. Like, I'm excited he's about that player. kid. Yeah, he could play yeah. a little bit. I like Dort. Um, yeah, he's a defensive player. He's really nice. Yeah, they but have like, good pieces. Their front court is just an abomination. Obviously, yep. they're relying on Chet Holmgren being like special and mm-hmm. not injured. But uh, the Utah Jazz. Same type of thing. Um, very obviously tanking. Like as soon as Danny Ainge came over, he just gutted the roster. Um, yeah, it's really the only player that they have left over from their recent playoff runs is is Mike Conley, and um, he was actually newer to that core, relatively speaking. I'm not going to get down on any which way for the Utah Jazz, but do you have any any bets in the Utah Jazz coming into the season? I don't have any bets, but I would I would say this that I think they're going to be better than people think. Um, really? Like, yeah, I do. I I mean, okay. and I'm only looking at it from you got Mike Connolly, who is still a veteran, and he he's got some stuff left in the tank. He's all right. Um, Lowry, Markinen, and Colin Sexton both are kind of those guys that I think are they really need to prove themselves here because Sexton never really worked out in Cleveland. He kind of was just like. He started to play pretty well, and then Darius Garland became really like the focal point of the team. Markkanen nice. has shown, yeah, <laughs> Markkanen has shown some flashes where he's good. Um, Kelly Olynyk's a good role player. 
you still got Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. He's going to probably win you a game or two just because he's he's talented. He's a really good player um, coming off your bench. Talon Horton Tucker, another one of those guys. Like, there's a ton of people on here that I think are players that are probably going to try and prove themselves. Um, and there's going to be, and they know that there's a lot of teams who are going to be looking at the Jazz for trade targets. So does it all come together? Do they win 20, 30 games? Probably not 30, but I think it's going to be closer to the win total than, than people are thinking. Like they're not going to just be an automatic right. like number one seed next year in the draft. Essentially what you're saying is all of your previous analysis that you just gave is just enough for you to stay away from it, right? Pretty much, you, yeah. You don't like the under, but you can envision a scenario where they hit the over. So it's like, all yeah. right, yeah, I'm going to stay away. Fair enough. Right. Yeah, it's, you said it really well, and I'll just leave it at that. I agree with you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, moving on to the New Orleans Pelicans, though, plus 400. Um, I actually think they can win the division. However, my favorite bet, really, of all this Western Conference preview is is Willie Green to win Coach of the Year at uh, plus 1,500. Um, the bottom line is if – if the New Orleans Pelicans were to win the Southwest Division, Willie Green's at plus fifteen hundred. Let's just say we know that they win the division. What's his coach of the year price at that point in your head? If they win the division, yeah. Right now he's got the eleventh best odds. If you if you if you think they're an actual contender to win the division and they they pull it off, what do you think his right. true price should have been? Probably three to one, maybe. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like, I think. Essentially, the way I look at it is, I'm high on the Pelicans, and the the juiciest payout that seen that I can make the best argument for is Willie Green to be coach of the year. Like, how many ro- teams have a more talented roster than New Orleans? Not a lot, right? Yeah, good I mean, point. they're deep at all positions. They're they're really deep at wing too. With um, who's the kid, the three point shooter? Oh. The best three-point shooter name ever, Trey Murphy the third, <laughs> and he just he just wets threes. Obviously, got the return of Zion, which is what I obviously should have let off with. I like their front court, like Jonas Valanciunas, pretty good. Jackson Hayes, just a solid backup big. And like, if you know the NBA as well as I think you do, every good team has solid backup bigs that no one really talks about, right? That could definitely yep. be Larry Nance and Jay. Jackson Hayes. Um, Herbert Jones is an absolute stud. He's going off at plus 3,500 to win Defensive Player of the Year. I don't hate that because same thing with Draymond Green. This guy knows exactly what he's supposed to do. You guard the best wing on the other team, and you do your damnedest to shut him down. And if they can play pretty good defense, or if he's an all-NBA defensive player, like – I think that that ticket could I end up you can get some closing line value on that, but I'm high on the on the Pelicans um, this season. Their win total right now is at 44 and a half, but the overs juiced to minus 140. There's no way I'm laying minus 140 on a season long uh, um, future. But what are your thoughts on the Pelicans? So part of me kind of thinks like why wouldn't the books just move it up if it was being hit this hard? Um, even if it's just a game and, and yeah. lower the juice a little bit, but I feel like if so I that, just refresh me, my computer, they'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gives me a little bit of, 
pause, plus the fact that everybody seems to be all over the Pelicans. Um, I I liked them last year uh, for a few different things and for a few different reasons, but um, you you know we talked about dodging the AD injuries. We're gonna have to be on Zion watch pretty regularly. You're gonna have to probably be on Brandon Ingram watch pretty regularly. Um, so you got CJ McCollum. I mean, he's great. But uh, can he carry a team by himself if those two are out? Probably not. Ingram, actually, to me, I think is more important than, than even Zion because with Ingram, the Pelicans kind of were a whole different team. I mean, they were just – they were better. He was yeah. a lot better of a player last year. Uh, we'll see how McCollum, Ingram, and Williamson all fit together because I think that's going to be the big question mark here is like, what what is Zion going to do? Is he going to be the focal point of the entire offense now, or is he going to be able to just kind of fill in where McCollum and Ingram were missing out last year? There are more questions to the team than I think uh, people realize, and I think everybody is just like, oh, they had that great run. They made the playoffs. They played uh, the Suns pretty tough. They do have really good pieces, as you mentioned, on their bench. I like Jose Alvarado a lot. I think he's one of those guys who comes in off the bench and gives a huge lift to the second team, the second unit. Jackson Hayes is a really strong defensive player as well. Uh, I think he will eventually be in the starting lineup. I don't know how long Valanchunas is going to be on the team or their contract or age or anything, but Valanchunas does what he needs to do as well. Yeah, 18-11 guy last year. Solid numbers. Yeah, he was great. So I, I get the hype. I get the love. I just, I, I'm not, I, I have questions more about reading the board than I do anything else because there's fair chemistry questions to ask for sure. Yeah. yeah. But even, even reading the books, like it makes me a little nervous that they haven't moved the total from that, um, 44 and a half and, and are just juicing it a lot because what that's telling me is that, you know, a lot of people are thinking they're going to win at least 45 games, but if the book's not willing to move it to that 45 and a half, are they worried about being middled or, or you know, what exactly is it that's holding on to this number and, and just pushing the juice up? Cause I'll be honest. I had the Suns at 51 and a half. I already got them at that number, but so they moved it up a game. Yeah. They moved gotcha. it to 52 and a half. So why aren't they doing the same thing with the Pelicans? That that makes me a little curious. Um, I still think the Pelicans are also going to be in the play-in tournament again. I, I don't see them being one of the top six teams. Um, they're they're a ton of talent, but injury concerns, all that stuff. So it, I think they're still probably seven, eight, nine, or ten. Yeah, that's kind of my thinking. That kind of goes into my thinking with taking Willie Green at fifteen and one to be the coach of the year because it's like yep. if all things pay out, then he's probably going to get a, a lot of credit. He see this. This doesn't have. This probably isn't that great of a handicapping point, but he seems like a really nice guy that people like mm-hmm. want to root for, right? Like people, well, the NBA likes him. The NBA writers like him. Stuff like that. Like I'm sure he's like one of those role players that would stick around yeah. the locker room and give quotes to and like give time to to. To, to writers because he also was like you know what I'm going to be a coach I got to get used to this shit anyways right I'll talk to these guys so I would assume he has actually good relationships with the media um, yeah 
And that, it's that like, does go into it. There's so much variance with how the Pelicans could look that I'd rather just take a 15 to one shot than like, like four to one. I think they can win the division. I think they will. Cause I do think Memphis takes a step back. Um, but the four to one payout's just not, it's not juicy enough for me. Um, yeah, I agree. as far as Brandon Ingram goes, like I am, I hold the most Brandon Ingram stock possibly in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> like I bet him to win uh most improved player. I cash that plus 4,000 ticket. Like, Whenever people sold Brandon Ingram stock, I bought it all up. Like yeah. I never ever stopped believing in this guy. And the the injury point is 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 the best anti Brandon Ingram um, argument. Otherwise, I think if he plays seventy five games, like he's a surefire All Star, which is yeah. saying a lot in that position in that in that conference, right? Yep. You know, absolutely. Like, so that's where I'm at now. And I. I it's hard to say they shouldn't play through Zion because what did he what was his effective field goal percentage like sixty percent? Yeah, it was nuts. Like he he made grown men look like little boys, and like mm-hmm. to me that's just like you don't. The only time I can remember seeing that is like Shaq. It's like yeah, and it's like almost like addicting to like just throw him the ball and the elbow and like clear out. Just like watch him bully the other team because. There is no worse feeling in basketball than getting muscled underneath the basket. Like, there's yeah, nothing sucks. worse than that. Like, just playing, yep. you know, just playing pickup. If you're playing against a guy who's stronger than you and he uses it, it's just, it's the most uncomfortable situation. Like, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if you have any other uh, Pelicans thoughts. We can move along, though. No, we can we can jump to the next one. Yeah. So, uh, so who do you like to win the 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 Southwest Division? The other Southwest. two teams are going to be the. Oh, did I? Oh, I did we jump. Jumped from, I jumped way yeah. out of the way. I'm sorry about that. Holy shit! No, you're good. Don't worry about it. All right, so we'll get back to the Northwest Division um, since we already talked about the bottom two. Good thing I'm not going to timestamp this one. We're just having a loose form <laughs> conversation. This will be real confusing. I'm confused. All right, so who do you like to win the Northwest Division? The 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 top two teams by pricing, obviously the Denver Nuggets and the and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I prefer the Timberwolves over the Nuggets. To be honest with you, um, really? at plus one forty, yeah, at plus one forty, I could see it. Um, are you saying from a pricing, or are you actually you're picking the Timberwolves to win the division? If if I had to pick, I'm not betting either of them. Yeah, but um, if I had to pick, I would pick the Timberwolves over the Nuggets. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I don't hate it. What do you? I mean, Rudy Gobert, I think, is one of the more underrated basketball players in the league, right? Yep. Like. They like talking shit about him in Utah or people covering Utah, but the fact is him, yeah. Utah didn't win when he didn't play. So Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that that's where it comes down to for me. Like, yeah, you got rid of Beverly, who was kinda like uh I guess you could call him the heart of the team, but um you know, Gobert is gonna probably make a huge difference defensively. Uh they still have Cat. I you know, how you were just talking about Brandon Brandon Ingram. I'm all over Anthony Edwards. Uh, I think the guy has all the talent in the world. And I think, honestly, I think if he didn't have Cat on his team, he would be, we would be talking about him as a likely MVP. And I, I did put about a quarter unit on him at 60 to one, because if the guy uses all the skills that he has, he will easily be able to have like the highlight reel that John Morant does and the scoring capabilities of, you know, pretty much anybody that you can think of. Um, 
you know, he's not as good of a shooter as Steph or something like that. I'm not trying to get at that, but he has every tool in the arsenal and he's super athletic. He's really strong. He, he isn't a bad defender. Um, I, I really like the Timberwolves this year. I think that they're going to be one of the better teams. Uh, the big key though, will also be D'Angelo Russell. Um, when he was out last year, the Timberwolves were terrible. When he was in, they were good. So if he's playing and he's healthy and he's fine, I think they're going to run the offense well enough to probably, you know, have a really strong anchor and, and good team. And then if Gobert is out there, they're going to have a really strong um, defensive front. And I think the addition of Kyle Anderson is a good one. Austin Rivers is a decent enough player off the bench. They didn't lose Jaden McDaniels in their trade. That was a big deal for them. He's, you know, like you're talking about Herb Jones, this guy, he knows what he's supposed to do out there. He's supposed mm-hmm. to help out, get rebounds, hit open shots when he gets them. So I, I really do think that the Timberwolves have a better chance. I'm a Nuggets hater too. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. Um, Why? Um, mostly because mostly because of the results of the bets when I have on them. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were, I think there were probably like three games last year where they played, I think the Clippers for all of them. And uh, in those games, they were up big and then just like completely shit the bed and lost the games. And I, I bet on them to cover, I think every time that it happened, and it was just the same thing over and over again. Um, so they, they just, to me, are, I don't know. I, I think Jamal Murray is overrated. I don't think he's as good as Jamal Murray was in the bubble. And he yeah, obviously that was had a fluky. great run. Yeah. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. I, I personally wanted the Bulls to draft him because I thought he would be a good asset for the bench to like try and just build up. You know, you weren't going anywhere anyways. You might as well grab him. If he turns out to be a superstar, great. Looks like he's not going to do that because he can't find the floor almost ever. And even when he's out there, he kind of like is very hit or miss. Sometimes he'll have really good games and other times, like you don't even know that he was playing. So you got the MVP on your team. Jokic will not win the MVP again this year. I'm going on the record of saying that it's not happening three times in a row. The only way it'll happen is if the guy averages a triple double. That's it. That's the only way I'm, I'm saying that it'll happen again. So I, I, I'm not, high on the Nuggets. I think the Timberwolves are a better team right now. That's not to say the Nuggets will be bad, though, either. So, I know I kind of covered both of them in that stretch, but uh, they're not not a team that I have as much faith in as I do the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are hungrier. I think they're the team that wants it, and you know, even watching the Nuggets, like, I just I think them losing um, why can't I think of their names? They're both on Washington and Monty Morris. Yeah, both of them. I think both of them were good players, good role players for the Nuggets. And now you got Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's very good. But you're still, again, we're depending on Jamal Murray to come back from injury. You're depending on Michael Porter Jr. to come back from injury. Aaron Gordon is another year older and not he doesn't do that much for you. He's a good on ball defender. Bones Highland, if he takes a step forward, will be good, but I don't know. I mean this is why I'm not betting it because I see the talents on the Nuggets. I just personally don't don't have it in me to say that they're a better team than the Timberwolves, and I I, I do think the the Timberwolves are probably going to 
at the very least challenge for the division, I'd rather play them if I had to. I hear you. Uh, we're oppo in this one, but I don't have any action in it just because Denver minus 140 is not a good look. And um, right. and I, I, I don't believe the Timberwolves are better than the, the Nuggets. Um, I actually would take a flyer on the Trailblazers before the Timberwolves because I think they could have a bounce back season. I really like their depth, and I think like Damian Lillard was clearly injured last year, and I think he's going to come back and average nearly thirty per game. Um, we'll have to we'll have to talk about the Timberwolves then. What well, What do you mean? You, well, I know you're a big Timberwolves guy, but or, I mean Trailblazers. Sorry. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Then yeah, I'll get your thoughts on the Trailblazers in one second. But just a quick like handicap on what I got or how I'm yeah. looking at the. Uh, this division it's just so i was bullish on the boston celtics not winning the finals and ultimately what i thought it came down to is they didn't have a a a legitimate point guard that could get their players the ball in in the best position and that's pretty much the deal breaker for me with minnesota here they don't even have a backup point guard that's that's very reliable it's like jordan mclaughlin he's pretty good he's all right but like I, I just don't see this as a team that's going to win mid-50s and win this division. I, I, I agree with you on the whole Rudy Gobert point. I agree with you on Anthony Edwards. That kid is amazing, right? But I do I do think Denver got better. Now, Monty Morris and Will Barton are players that I liked. I agree with you that their losses could have sucked. But I think Contavious Caldwell-Pope, while I've hated that guy for years and couldn't stand him on the Lakers... This is another situation where it's like, you know your role, dude. Space the floor, play defense, and a ball handler. Like yeah. there's, he's got a very uh, defined role. I think Bones Highland is an awesome possible six man of the year candidate who who is just like a microwave score, just that prototypical six man that you're looking for, a guy who's just gonna go in and go off, like kind of like Jordan Clarkson or like a Lou Williams yeah. type guy. Um, they got back in that trade uh, for Contavious, or um, they they also got back. Excuse me. Uh, they also signed Bruce Brown, who's a uh, a wing small forward who I really like for the Nets. Um, the Nets aren't going to really miss him, but I think he's going to give good minutes to to Denver. And I mean, you know, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he might not win a third straight MVP, but it'll probably be because of it's yeah. so hard to win three straight and like someone else will have another six season, but like he'll, he'll be around 26 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, which yeah, is pretty right. sick numbers. But, um, what are your thoughts on the trailblazers though? Yeah. So I'll share that. I, I will say the one thing that you mentioned about the Timberwolves though, about the point guard, D'Angelo Russell, I think, um, I, I think you should look into last year's stats with Russell, injured and without him injured because their record i think without him was sub 500 with with it it was quite a bit better um if you can stretch this out I'll, I'll try to pull it off so or pull it out sure um, yeah I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the trailblazers so um to me that I, I i don't have any faith in the trailblazers i think they're gonna be terrible i i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs um if you told me I have to pick between the Kings and the Trailblazers, I probably would put my money on the Trailblazers or on the Kings right now. Um, that's how bad I think the Trailblazers are going to be. Damian Lillard is one of the most talented shooters and point guards in the NBA, no doubt about it. And they pretty much just told him last year, take a seat. Uh, 
because our team's going nowhere. We're going to trade CJ. We'll see what we got on here. And then they looked like complete garbage. Mm -hmm. Fine. He comes back. He's going to be a different difference maker. I fully understand that. I get it. They also traded for Jeremy Grant. But I am not big on Jeremy Grant. I think he Hmm. is kind of similar to like Julius Randle, where he's going to need the ball. He's never been really that good of a player in any situation he's been in. He's had really good stats on bad teams a couple times, but when he's been on good teams, he hasn't been that much of a difference maker. To me, I don't like their team. I don't like the way that they're set, set up. Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons, like unless Simons got significantly better at shooting, I I don't see how him and Lillard are going to be. I, I guess I can put it this way. Would you rather have CJ McCollum next to Lillard or would you rather have Simons? I'll say Simons because I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast and they just said his catch and shoot numbers are absolutely insane. Like he's in the mid forties. I agreed with you before I heard that podcast, but then I heard that I was like, you know what? Okay. And that's kind of what like warmed me up to like the, the trailblazers having a bounce back here because like, like I like CJ McCollum, but like, I think there's only room for, him or Damian Lillard on a team, sure. and one of the others should be a catch and shoot guy. So if Anthony Simons is going to do that, then I actually like that fit more. Okay, um, I can respect that. So from an on-off perspective, the um, the the Timberwolves netted three points more per hundred possessions and non-garbage time when D'Angelo Russell was on the floor. When he missed the he missed seventeen games last year, they were seven and ten in those games. Yeah, and they ended up. What were they last year? They were forty six, and they were forty six and thirty six. So they were considerably better with him on the floor. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does. He he makes a difference. That that was actually one of the things. Like when he went out, I was loading up on teams that were playing the Trailblazers because I was like, they they don't have somebody that's leading their team the right way right now. And uh, you're right. When he comes off the floor, even in general, it's just it's not good. But Close out my thought on this Trailblazer thing. I took the under on them. I I just don't believe in them. On you're you're telling me in the Western Conference they got to win forty games. That's almost a five hundred team. I don't see it happening. So I, I took the under. Yeah, and like um, well, it seems like with that number, like the market's expecting a bounce back. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm not going to make an official bet on it, but I am, I guess, higher on them than 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 you are. All right, yeah. so let's go back to the division that we kind of touched on <laughs> here. Um, officially, I like the Nuggets as a pick, not as a bet. You like the Timberwolves, right? And the yeah, Northwest. also also not as a an official bet or anything. I would say more just if I had to play one of them, it'd be them. So I'm high on the Pelicans. Already talked about that. I like Willie Green to win uh, Coach of the Year, but the other two teams that should be contending for this division, the winner will start with of last year's Southwest Division, the Memphis Grizzlies. They were 56-26 and 26 last year. Their regular season win total is 48.5 with heavy juice on the over. What is going on with DraftKings? The juice on the over on the 48.5 is minus 140, unders plus 115. I don't know. If, did you have any bets on the, the, the uh, Grizzlies already? Um, I, I have some thoughts on them. I don't really have a bet. Okay. Fully locked in or anything. Uh, I was looking at their all under uh, win total under forty five and a half at plus two thirty five because 
mostly they have a pretty weak front court, especially if Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to start the season injured. Steven yep. Adams is limited offensively. I actually really like Steven Adams, and I don't. I think he's almost underrated, but I feel like his career is going to bell curve, and eventually he's going to fall off pretty significantly. Um, and this could be the year. And like with Jaron Jackson out, that puts more of an onus on Brandon Clark to step up. And I think Brandon Clark's more of like a six man backup big. And when he gets like more minutes, he's in a struggle a little bit. I wouldn't hate a look on Desmond Bain to win most improved player. He has a lot of upside, but I do think it makes an awkward fit with him, John Morant and Dylan Brooks. So I also think the West got better. Someone's going to have to take a step back. I really do like the Grizzlies. They made me a shit ton of money last year, but they are a team that I'm, I'm pegging for regression. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah. So I was president of the John Morant for MVP last year, fan club, because I, put that out at I think I got it at like 50 to one or something and it got as low as like six to one and then he got injured and it you know it fizzled out obviously but um I love the Grizzlies absolutely love them so um for me personally I think that this year they probably will be worse than last year I think they surprised a lot of people um I think they kind of are one of those teams that does play hard the entire time, which does make a difference. Obviously um, they, they didn't seem to necessarily have another gear in the, in the playoffs, but they were good enough to obviously advance. They gave, they give, they give a lot of the top teams good runs for their money. Well, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, Jaron Jackson jr. Being out, it's a huge issue. Steven Adams, already did kind of fall off the cliff if you ask me um they pulled him from they yeah they sat him in the playoffs right against the warriors yeah they played him off the court he pretty much just wasn't in the rotation and it it wasn't he's not like like you were talking about he's not like a bad player or something like that it's he knows exactly what he's supposed to do too he's supposed to get a couple of points a game and then a bunch of rebounds and just kick it out to morant so they can do a fast break um i i like bain a lot he should have won most improved player last year. There's no reason that Morant should have won that award. It's, I mean, it honestly, to me, that's kind of ridiculous that a number two overall pick can be considered most improved in, in some of these categories, but, but, you know, he had an insane year and I get it, but the expectation for Morant when he was drafted was to be like an MVP or a NBA superstar. And he just kind of proved that he was last year. Bain, had no expectations when he came in and he has shown that he's like a really capable, very good shooting two guard man. So it's kind of a long roundabout way to say that I'm not sure on the Grizzlies one way or the other. I think the total is getting too low, but I also recognize why. Um, I, you know, Morant can't or probably won't be able to will them to win a bunch of games early in the season just because the motivation's not there. So yeah, I will sit your, this one out. Where your Jama or your excuse me, Ja Morant MVP ticket started to take a ding last year is how well they played without him on the floor. Uh, yep. You know absolutely that's pretty much where you lost it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which also hurts my case for regression, right? I mean it's mm-hmm. like if they are as deep as they are and as well coached as they are, which they are really well coached. I like that. His name's Taylor. Space. Yeah, Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I like him, but yep. 
Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the arguments for them not um, regressing year over year. But again, I do think someone has to get worse this year. And I do think like it was their, their record was a little fluky. Like if John Morant misses as much time this year, like I expect them to lose those games. Like they're not, they're not a better team with John Moran off the floor, even though last year they had a better winning percentage with him off the floor. So like that to me is the definition of fluky essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But moving along, do you like, uh, do you like the Dallas Mavericks to win this division then? I don't. I, uh, I like the Grizzlies to win it, to be honest with you. But I, I mean, this is another one that I probably won't touch. Memphis is only, um, plus 105 you know so you're probably getting a little bit better value on dallas i think the pelicans are probably your best value bet if you're going to take any of them to win the division um but i'm not high on the mavericks either i think the mavericks are going to take a step back i love luca i think he's great but um their their defense was their key last year and it probably will be this year too uh you're getting tim hardaway back because he didn't play all that much last year, I don't know. If he, I don't know how much he played at all. To be honest with you, you got Javale McGee coming in as your starting center now. Um, but if you watch the Mavericks when they hit from three, they were great. When they missed, they were terrible. And so when you live and you die by the three, you're kind of closer to a 500 team than than I think you are to like a 50 win team. And they're looking at needing to win 49 games. Uh, which would only be three. It would, yeah, it'd be three games less than last year. Um, but you lost Brunson. Is he worth three games? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. But uh, they added Christian Wood, who I don't know if you follow him much, but uh, Christian Wood is a bit of a head case. He has all the capabilities in the world to be a really good player. And he just, like, some games he balls out and others he's like, I'm just not interested. I'm going to just stand by the three-point line on both offense and defense. And you guys can do whatever you want. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, he's he's kind of a weird player. I mean, he has a ton of talent. He can actually, like, score off the dribble. But he's, mm-hmm. like, a legit, like, seven-footer. And he can yeah. space the floor. But he also doesn't make free throws, which doesn't – make any sense because his shot forms really nice i don't know yep but yeah he's he's a good player and he just there are times he ever so his averages last year were like basically 18 and 10 yeah every game but if you look by like game by game it is significantly worse than that it's not it's not consistent enough for him to be that good of a or have that much talent and be that bad when he actually plays so is your point kind of like if you're going to put this much – like you're just anti-team that's going to need this much out of Christian Wood type thing? Kind of. I mean, I, I think in general they're going to need – for them to win like 50 games, I think they're going to need pretty much everything to go right, and I just don't see it happening. I mean, they it took a while for them to click last year too. So I just – I don't see it. I mean, I love Luca, and, I you know, they obviously played great, got – past the Suns in a game I expect the Suns to probably be the ones who are blowing them out instead of getting blown out but she was crazy yeah not 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 for me I'm not touching the Mavericks in terms of over I actually would prefer their under 
So what do you think is a better look? The Mavericks to win the uh, Southwest Division at plus 140 or Luka Doncic to win MVP at plus 425? Because like, I think if they win the division, like he's like he's probably like close to a triple-double. <laughs> you know? And they're yeah. trying to give it to someone not named Jokic or Giannis. Right. So Luka, I think, has been the MVP favorite at the start of the season for the past, definitely for the past two years, this year and last year, mm-hmm. and I think for the past three years. Um, and I, at a certain point, they're probably going to almost like have to just give it to him because, you know, everybody loves Luka and, the, you know, he's the media darling and all that stuff, right? But he's going to have to do something probably significantly different than what he's been putting up the last couple of years or the Mavs will have to win 50 games. So 50, 60 games. I mean, <laughs> something something crazy, right? So if he wins the MVP, they're definitely winning the division. And if they win the division, he will probably be a top three finisher in the MVP. So to me, same you're getting better same. value. Yeah. Oh, you're getting okay. better value on you're getting better value on the MVP at that point. Yeah, that's kind of what I what I thought. Yeah. Again, neither one of our bets I'm gonna make. Yeah, I, me either. I, I'm not taking either one of them. I just I think there's too much uh, ambiguity in that division. All right. Well, I can give out two best bets. Before we do that, though, let's just go through our playoff teams here just to kind of get our official takes or um, order of the Western Conference on the record here. Um, I'll start off with just my first three. Actually, I'll start off with my division. No, that doesn't make any sense. I'll start off with my first three seeds. I think the Warriors are going to win close to 60 games. Like They got better this year. Like They did, like, Clay Thompson returning and healthy. Like, we saw him play better and better. You remember there was talk about him mid, uh, mid-playoffs? mid Like, can he actually guard ball handlers still or wings? And yeah. by the time the uh, finals wrapped up, he had locked Jalen Brown's ass up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I think uh, a, a full year of uh, healthy Clay, I still – I. I said this earlier, but I think this is the best version of Steph. I think Draymond Green's motivated for a contract extension. They didn't lock up a Jordan Poole extension yet, I don't think. So I think um, I think he's motivated as well. Um, and they have a lot of talent like, like Kaminga, like James Wiseman, who could just further raise that ceiling. So my one seeds Warriors, two seed and division winner, I do like the Denver Nuggets, and then three seed with the Los Angeles Clippers. What are your top three seeds in the West? So I don't, I don't really have them by seeds. I mean, I, I wrote down a list of like who I thought would make it versus who I didn't. If I had to pick the top three seeds, I don't know that I'd have the Nuggets in there. I probably would have the Clippers and the Warriors. Uh, it'd be really hard to have the Suns, Warriors, and Clippers all from the same division being the top seeds. So I probably would take Memphis in there again because I do think they probably win the division. Um, so I'd probably go... So you're saying like highest ceilings are those three teams? Yeah, probably. I, I probably would take Warriors, Grizzlies, Clippers in that order, I, I would guess. Maybe. Okay. What are the next three teams that you're high in, on, in I my, guess? Yeah, so. Yeah, just three, eyeballing it, I guess. Yeah, the other three would be the Suns, the Nuggets, and the Timberwolves. So if, if we're talking about the top six, and I'm not putting them in any specific order here, mm-hmm. I would say the top six that will not be in the playoff tournament or play in tournament right now 
it will be the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Timberwolves. Okay, so as you guys picked up, we have slight disagreement on that stuff. I'm also Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers in the top three, um, but I have the Suns, Pelicans, and Mavericks as the final non-playing teams out west. Who are the, the, the four teams you like in the play-in or you think will make the play-in? So for me, it's the Pelicans, the Mavs, the Lakers, and the Kings. That that would be my four that are in the play-in tournament. I mean, that leaves the Blazers, the Spurs, the Thunder, and the Rockets. So, And the Jazz, sorry. Those would be the, the bottom four of the, the league, which I don't think is much of a question there. So really you're talking about the final four teams, again, minor Mavs, Pels, Lakers, and Kings, um, you're, you're really talking about are the Blazers going to beat any of those four? It's possible. But to me, I, you know, like I already said, I'd take the Kings over the, the Blazers this year. Uh, my th- the four teams to the play in, I'll go seven seed Memphis Grizzlies, eight seed Portland Trail Blazers. And I got to be honest, dude, I get like this sometimes with preview podcasts and previews that I do where I just go like F it I think some random shit could happen and I think <laughs> Portland is kind of the random they're not even that random like they've been in the playoffs several times over recent years but I think Dame has a bounce back so I have Portland as my 8th seed Minnesota as my ninth seed and I'm reluctantly going to put in the Lakers as my 10th seed but okay. I could see that getting really really ugly I just yeah. don't know who replaces them right like, uh, yeah, like if Jalen Green's the man, I can't even make an honest argument on the Houston Rockets. I, I don't know who, who replaces the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers. I guess it could be the Kings. So I mean, the only the only thing I will say that goes against my own thought here on on who I would pick is literally every from everyone from the Pacific Division would make the playoffs then, or at least the play-in tournament. Okay, and. I mean, I don't know that that's ever happened. I mean, the, the playing tournament's only been here for like two years, so obviously not. But um, you know, last year, no division had everybody in it. The closest was the Atlantic division. They had the Celtics, 76ers, Raptors, Nets, and then the Knicks were 11. So that goes against what my thought would be. Um, and that, that kind of makes sense because you're playing the Pacific so much. But, you know. That's that's just one area that I would say uh, of caution if you you guys are just trying to instantly tail anything that I say out here. <laughs> um, oh, actually, before we get into best bets, one other conversation. This is more of like a an NBA betting like taster podcast. So a lot of my work and I, I think a lot of your work is going to be done in the regular season. So be yeah. sure to follow us at um, I'm at Jeffrey underscore Clark on Twitter. You're at uh, Future Press 2024 on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out Outkick.com daily. You'll be posting NBA stuff to Outkick.com, not just beating the bookie, right? Or, or are you exclusively beating the bookie for NBA? For NBA, yeah, for NBA, it's it's almost all uh, on there. But okay. uh, we'll we'll talk with uh, people at Outkick and kick and figure out if there's something that that works out for everybody. Well, either way, you guys are going to be hearing David more on this podcast because I'll be yeah. doing daily NBA podcasts, so I'll bring you in pretty cool. routinely if you want to just talk it chop it up For like sure. 15 20 minutes like what are your plays yeah. today you know stuff like that yeah, so absolutely. that kind of was like uh segues into the like the brief little combo i want to have do you have any um opening game bets locked in there's a lot of the lines I, are, yeah. are, are listed already 
Yeah, I don't. Um, okay. I actually try and avoid looking at those because I always feel like, oh, I got to jump on it right away. And then I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I should have waited. Or even it, I, I would rather wait and miss the game than get on it too early. So I do not have plays on the first game yet. I will start looking at them a little bit sooner, but uh, nothing for me. Yeah, I played the Philadelphia 76ers at plus four opening night, Tuesday, October 18th. They're visiting the Boston Celtics. It's down to an expensive plus three and a half, minus 115. I also hit the money line, which I got at plus 170. It's right now at plus 145. I'm saying the numbers that I gave, uh, that I that I bet, but I would still bet these numbers. I do like the 76ers uh, majorly in, in, in this game. And the, the big reason why is, no Robert Williams. Also, I mean, obviously the loss of the coach is going to, I think, have a big influence in the Boston Celtics for a, mm-hmm. from and a season long, um, from a season long perspective. But it, I also just think the 76ers are a better team, and I'll take the points. They usually play the Boston Celtics really well in the regular season. Shit the bed in the playoffs. Um, yeah. That's not the issue here. Um, and I'm also probably going to end up on the Toronto Raptors. Wow, it's minus three and a half now. They're hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers um, opening night. Um, well, Wednesday, the second night of the NBA regular season. Um, the Toronto Raptors are one of the better defensive teams in the league because Nick Nurse is just an animal at devising defensive schemes. And they had the highest opponent turnover rate in the league. I love Darius Garland, but the Cleveland Cavaliers got pretty sloppy with the basketball last year. And I think... It's going to be a rough go of it from a ball handling uh, perspective early because they got to integrate Donovan Mitchell into the lineup and like figure out who's running the point or who's the predominant ball handler. So I think against a Toronto team who's got one of the live, livelier home crowds in the league, minus three and a half, it's going to look big. And I and I think a lot of the people, like a lot of the markets, and we bet in Cleveland Cavaliers, like just got Donovan Mitchell. Everyone loves Evan Mobley. Everyone listens to the Bill Simmons podcast. That guy loves Evan Mobley. So I think t- Toronto Raptors are actually going to be um, the less popular pick. So those are the two looks. They'll be published oh. out, kick.com, and I'll talk about it. Well, I'm sorry. What else do you have? I was going to say, even while you're talking, I just looked at something that's kind of standing out to me right now. I mean, it's not even available uh, as an option, but right now I'm guessing the Lakers' implied team total will be something like one. 11 and a half I probably would play the under on that against the Warriors I think they're gonna first off play slow uh play a little slower so I would I would probably lean towards that and again that's not even posted or available or anything but they open against the Warriors this year so that would be the first thing that just kind of stood out to me just on a quick glance that's a good. That's a good call. Yeah, Warriors quietly sick defensive team last year, mm-hmm. and you know, like LeBron James or the Lakers just don't want to get an up and down shootout. Like that's how the right. game gets really ugly, really right. fast. So I I hear you on that one. All right. Well, I have a couple bets that I'm willing to give out here for the Western Conference. Hopefully, you got a couple. What are mm-hmm. what, what are the bets that you're looking at here, or your favorite in the Western Conference? Yeah, I would say uh, there's actually two that I'll, I'm willing to give out here. Uh, number one is the Trailblazers under 39 and a half wins at plus 110. I I just don't see it. Talked about it, so no no reason to keep a uh, harping on it. But that one, and then this one is uh, I only found this over at DraftKings, but they're head-to-head wins. 
I like the Heat to win more games than the Mavs, personally. So I, I think the Mavs are going to probably go under their total. I think the uh, Heat probably win somewhere close to 50 games. I think the Mavs are probably going to be closer to like 46. So I took the Heat over Mavs head-to-head wins minus 110. All right. Um, one of my best bets, I'm going Lakers under 42.5 alternate wins at plus 160. Uh, they were 33-49 and 49 last year. I I don't see them as getting – I don't think they improved by 10 wins from a roster standpoint. They're still got this albatross hanging around their neck and, and, and Russell Westbrook who, I don't know, they should be excited to have on their team because he's a future Hall of Famer but clearly isn't a fit and they're not even trying to make it work. LeBron ain't getting younger and their two, um, two of their positions and their starting five aren't even starters. Um, and then, you know, this is obviously more of like a – quarter unit uh third unit play but i'm t- i'll take willie green at plus 1500 i love giving out heavy long or big um big payouts so uh willie green plus 15 to 1 because i do th- i don't think zion will play to an mvp caliber just quite yet um mm-hmm. i don't think angram gets to that point but i do think if the pelicans reach start to, to, to peak or reach their ceiling in terms of like team performance, Willie Green will be in uh, line for a lot of the credit. So that's where I'm at right now with my best bets. Nice. We're good here, like right? It. Yeah. Good shit. You'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out something to get you in yeah. for the NBA regular season. We'll uh, sure. chop it up for some NBA primetime games. Hopefully we're on the same side because you're a sharp guy. I'm not looking to fade you, but. <laughs> we're in, we're Depends we're on, on opposite <laughs> sides of the Trailblazers. Yeah, if you, I'll yeah. tell you what, we'll meet up for the first Trailblazers Kings game. We don't yeah, even have to go, go to the sports book for that. We'll just go head up on that one. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, David. And where can people find your stuff? Yeah, so anybody can find me uh, at Outkick with you. Um, I'm I've been doing baseball, football you know, all that stuff for them for this whole year. Do you do college uh, basketball? I know beating I do. the bookie yeah. was, is beating the bookie got your college basketball stuff or will that be on outkick? No, that'll all be on outkick. Okay, um, cool. so, uh, if you want to follow anything for NBA, you got to go to beat the bookie.com B E A T I N T H E B O O K I E.com. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at future prez, uh, 2024. So love to just kind of chat about anything too. So feel free to reach out, hang out, to talk. And, uh, you know, I do put out free plays on there with NBA every now and then, but, uh, most of that stuff is, is my work with beating the bookie. So, yeah. All right. Check out David at, uh, at future Prez 2024 on Twitter and get some of his NBA packages. Dude, what were you up like 70 units last year? Uh, so 70 units was baseball this year, actually, oh, but, my bad, uh, my bad. sorry. Now we were, so I was five and zero on max plays and pretty much every multi-unit play we, we were up on for the entire year. Uh, but we were up over 40 units. I don't have the exact number in front of me. I just, I put it at that cause I, I'd rather go low yeah. on what we have and kind of manage some expectations a little bit. But, yeah. Under uh, promise over deliver type thing. Yeah, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, keep looking to just kind of top that every year. And obviously there's no guarantee, but you know, just keep working at it. I mean, grinding and just putting in the, the best result or putting in, giving the best analysis and the best handicap you can. And hopefully it all 
comes out as to profit. So yep. I'm with you. You'll hear David uh, in the NBA season follow the stuff. He already gave you all the places you could follow him. But until next time, we're out. Peace. Yeah.